the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. Well, you're over the hump. You got through Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Only Thursday and Friday left. 6.05 here in New York City, live and local in lower Manhattan. And um, there's a lot going on in the news today. Um, the head of CNN disappeared. Uh, Michael Avenatti looks like he's about to disappear after the closing arguments. Uh, another police officer is shot. An off-duty police officer is shot and is in the hospital and going under, undergoing surgery. Thank God he's going to fully recover, but I believe it's five police officers in one month have been, I think three have been shot and sadly two have died. And um, although we would like to kind of forget about that and move on to other things and more positive things as the NFL lawsuit as well, um, it's not right for us to just move on. Although that's human nature. So if you look at today's New York Post, the uh, article about the um, about police officer, well, actually, as of today, Detective Wil- Wilbert Mora um, is on page 12 in The New York Times. It's it's buried way down. I mean, online, it's buried way down. I didn't see the, the I didn't see anything about it in the newspaper, but I didn't scour it. I will give credit to the Daily News. It's on the cover of the Daily News. And it, but that has to do with a politician, an assemblywoman who liked a tweet, it's Assemblywoman, I think it's Niao, N-I-O-U, um, who liked a tweet where someone compared the finest at the at Mora's funeral to Nazi scum. So even though it's kind of not only honoring uh, Detective Mora, it, at least it's keeping it front and center. And again, I would love to come on these airways and talk about um, something other than the the funeral today. But that would be naive and it wouldn't be doing the right thing for all of us as citizens, because what we all need to understand is and I think we do understand or many of us understand is we law enforcement officers die. We lose the law. We lose our society. I mean, that's what makes us so special. That's what Justice Breyer said the other day when he said he was resigning, that when um, retiring, I should say. Uh, when when issues get figured out in any other way than under the law, you then realize how wonderful our system is. But the biggest threat to our system is an attack on the people who enforce the law. And in this particular case, it's the New York City Police Department. 
So as we would all like to move on to better things or happier topics and ignore this, we can't. It's just not it's not the right thing to do for all of us. It's definitely not the right thing to do for the families of Detective Jason Rivera and Detective Wilbert Mora. Uh, so I went out of my way, and I, I have no problem. I'm, I'm not asking for anything. I mean, there was choices that we all make, right? We all make our list of priorities. And there's a lot of law work to do in the law offices of Idala, Rotuna, and Cammons. And I know, I knew if I went to the um, funeral, it would be taking up hours. But it wasn't a, a doubt in my mind that I was going to go. And I did attend. And I want to thank uh, my friend Vincent Lavienne of the Silver Shield Foundation for, uh, you know, I, I was way up front. I mean, I was in the third row. Um, and it was the most moving um, pomp and circumstance choreographed event that I think I've ever been to in my life. And, uh, you know, I know a lot of people watch it on television. You can watch it on television. And, 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 you know, people are like, well, why do you have to go? You can watch it on TV. Well, you could say that about everyone who goes to an NFL football game or anyone who goes to a baseball game. All kidding aside, I mean, you actually experience a, a ball game better at home on your 4K TV with the commentators explaining everything to you than sitting in the section 215 at Yankee Stadium not knowing what's going on. Um but you still go to the game because there's a feeling at the game. There's a energy at the game. And that's what was going on in that, in that St. Patrick's cathedral today, which was just glorious. Um, I'll just try to explain the, the scene to you when you walk in from the back, which I did basically it was a, a, a sea of blue. Uh, it was all New York city police officers but then there were pockets of police officers from literally all over the world. And when I say that, I know that there were police officers from, I think they were from Mexico because their uniforms all had Spanish writing on it. And um, there was obviously a section with all the elected officials. Uh, there was a lot of retired members of the service, but it was packed. I mean, it was literally standing room only. And, and uh, I was actually sitting right next to Rob, Rob, Rob Astorino. But all, but surrounded by all basically high-ranking retired members of the service, um, and it started right on time. It was supposed to start at ten o'clock. It was ten o three, and uh, Cardinal Dolan, who presided, was spectacular. And it was a regular mass, and um, the Mora family obviously is a Spanish-speaking family, so a whole bunch of it was in Spanish. And I, you know, I'm gonna throw a little dig out there, like. I come from, at least in my own brain, when you go into church, you, you take out your phone and you put it on Do Not Disturb. Um, I was a little disturbed about how many people around me were texting or whatever, playing with their phones while the service was going on. You know, the homily was in both Spanish and English. And I have no problem admitting to you, you know, in a 10-minute homily or 15-minute homily that's in Spanish, yeah, it can get boring. I was trying to use my Italian skills to decipher what the priest was saying in um in Spanish, but you know, you just show the respect of like for one hour, disconnect and just focus on the task at hand. Close your eyes and have a moment of silence with yourself and think about this 27 year old person and this 22 year old person and, and think about what you as a human being could do to make this place a little bit better as opposed to going on and, and, and looking at your app or looking at your, your email. Um, 
<clears throat> so we sat there and we went through the regular mass. And then at the end, at the, the eulogies began and uh, Eric Adams stood up. And let's face it, one of the reasons why he is the mayor is because he really is a brilliant orator. I mean, he really knows how to speak brilliantly. And, and he also has a sense of drama. So when he got to the pulpit, he took off his mask and he just stood there for at least 30 seconds, but just quiet. Like, watch this for a second. Now, that was five seconds. So imagine 30 seconds of that. And it was as, as quiet as you and I are right now. And so it just kind of set the tone like, okay, we're into serious business and let's put all our heads in the right place. And I will tell you, when he was silent like that, no one was playing with their phones. And one of the first things that he said that struck me had to do with, he was, almost all of the eulogies were addressing Detective Moore's mother. And the first first clip that I'm going to play has to do with Mayor Adams addressing Detective Moore's mom. There's nothing in our English language that is associated with the loss of a child. If you lose a spouse, you're a widow, a widower. If you lose a parent, you're an orphan. But we do not have anything in our English language that defines the pain and the unnatural existence of losing a child. You know, I've very sadly been in a position about being around many, well, I shouldn't say many, but several parents who've lost children and... It's interesting. I, I never thought of what Mayor Adams said. Um, there's no word for it because it's against the natural order. It's understandable. You're supposed to lose your parents. And it's common to lose a spouse. But you're not supposed to lose your kid. And Detective Mora's mom. And he's the so he's the youngest of four. And... His three siblings, all of them spoke. The two sisters spoke in Spanish and his brother spoke in, spoke in English. And even the two sisters who spoke, um, they, I could, obviously I couldn't understand what they were saying, but there were two, two and a half, two and a quarter emotions that came out. Love, 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 love of their baby brother. Everyone talked about his smile. Everyone talked about his smile would always fill the room. And the other one was... Um, sadness and despair to watch the two sisters standing up there talking about their baby brother and and the sadness and the one thing that that you, the cardinal said is you know we got to do everything we can to make sure that this doesn't happen again and that's not just the job of the NYPD that's the job of all of us you know you see something say something you know support the NYPD if they do bad things, yes, you hold them accountable. There's bad lawyers, there's bad mechanics, there's bad plumbers, and there's bad police officers. I'm not saying you get a free pass, but today, seeing that sea of police officers, I had, I mean, till you see how many of them were out there. I mean, I, I don't know who was manning all the other precincts, but it was, it was over, it was an overwhelming presence. The person who was unbelievable was Pat Lynch, and you're going to hear from him in a second. Stay 
So a lot of you uh, texted me or emailed me yesterday, or some of you even called me who know my partner, Lawrence, um, who got hit by a car as a pedestrian on Monday. He is okay. He's um, he's home. He's resting. He's going to be out of the office for a little bit of for a little while. Um, but I, you know, I bring this up because I think two weeks ago I talked about a 51 year old school teacher who tragically, as a pedestrian, tragically got hit by a car and killed. Imran, my partner, who will be on with uh, Kevin McCullough tomorrow night on Radio Night Live, he almost got hit by a car last week, and then and then Lawrence this week. I mean, one thing that tells you is, you know, we got to really keep our eyes open when we're crossing the street and take your head up from your phone and look at what, what, what's going on in that crosswalk and make sure you cross in the crosswalk. But what does Lawrence got to do now? And if he didn't know it before, he knows it now. He has to call Connors and Sullivan and he has to take care of his estate. What's his estate? It's all of his, it's everything that he owns. So it's his bank accounts, it's his home, it's his car, it could be his watch, it could be his sneaker collection. But he needs to lay out in writing in a legal document that Connors and Sullivan, the type of legal document that Connors and Sullivan have been working on for 40 years. Like they didn't just graduate law school last week for 40 years. And someone in that position of being a father and a husband and a caregiver and the breadwinner has to sit down and say, "Okay, I need a will. So this will determine who gets what upon my demise. Now, normally he would just give everything to his wife. And then it's really, it's up to his wife's will to then give it to the children. But you want to do reciprocal wills. So he and his wife have the same thing. If she dies, it goes to him. If he dies, it goes to her. And then they each articulate what would happen if they die jointly, et cetera, et cetera. This stuff is what Mike Connors at Connors and Sullivan is an expert at. Technically, you're not allowed to say a lawyer is an expert in anything, but you could say he specializes in it. That's just like a little ethical rule that my partner, Judge Cammons, taught me. Um, so what should you do? You should not make the mistake that people in my own firm have made and are not prepared for what could be the worst, which is death or serious illness. So call Connors and Sullivan. You'll get a free consultation with a lawyer. 718-238-6500. They have offices in Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, and Staten Island. 718-238-6500. After you talk to them, you're going to walk out of that office and you'll be so glad that you called. Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Mitsubishi dreamers, designers, and engineers are redefining choices in mobility for a whole new generation of independent, modern, and savvy consumers who want value, like the new redesigned 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander featuring its industry-leading Mitsubishi 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Visit Freehold Mitsubishi today, freeholdmitsubishi.com, or call 732-863-27. I want to know who could name the theme song from this television show. It's appropriate speaking about the techniques. You know what theme song this is? Text me or send me an email at arthur at abklawnyc.com. Either text me if you have my personal number, that I'm not giving out, or email me at arthur at abklaw.com. 
So at the, uh, I'm not going to do the whole show about the funeral, but you know, once you're there, you get so caught up in what was really going on there and you, you feel like you have to share it. Um, so the people who spoke, besides uh, the mayor, was the police commissioner, his inspector from uh, his precinct, who he was, at, he was excellent as well, the two sisters who spoke in Spanish, and his brother who spoke in English. And again, it, when the, the, the relatives spoke, even the, the ones in Spanish, it was, the, the love was overwhelming. And even things I was able to catch in Spanish you know, about hugging and kissing and loving. And he was a big teddy bear. And he apparently, even though I saw him lying, lying in, in his coffin, sadly, uh, yesterday, I couldn't tell how big he is, but he's apparently a very large guy. But, you know, his brother was like, he was a big teddy bear. He didn't have a mean bone in his body. I jotted these notes down on the, um, uh, on the program that they gave us. Uh, and the notes that I wrote when they were speaking in Spanish was love, pain, and anger. Because it was clear how much they loved him. It was clear how much pain they were in. And it was clear that they were angry about what happened. And when I turned around and I saw this battalion of Spanish officers from, I think they were from Mexico, when those sisters were speaking, these officers were shedding tears. So obviously what those sisters said was very moving. But in my opinion, the person who moved the crowd the most, the one who did not have a note and just took the, the, the po- podium and spoke from the heart was the uh, head of the PBA, Patrick Lynch. Uh, you know, I haven't always agreed with him and his tactics, et cetera, et cetera, but I was able to speak to him afterwards and I told him he was fantastic and through my friend Vinny Lavien at the Silver Shield Foundation, which is an organization that gives money to orphans and widows and uh, uh, gives scholarships to the fallen, the families of fallen, not only police officers, but also fire, firefighters. Um, I was able, I'm, I'm able to communicate with Pat Lynch and really congratulate him because he summed up and he's the one who brought me to tears when he was speaking. He spoke almost directly and the entire speech was almost directly to uh, Detective Moore's mother. This is kind of what he started off with. I know when you think of your son, you don't think of a big strapping man. You think of your son. You think of a baby. You think of your baby, the baby you brought home. And as I can't help but think as a parent, if you're blessed to have a child, when you bring that child home, you, you look at that child and they never grow up. And, you know, his mom, I was able to see his mother, and it's so true. I mean, my, my secretary, Danita, has a 28-year-old, I think she is, about daughter, and she still calls her the baby because there's two siblings, and she calls her the baby. And, you know, this, this is a very accomplished young woman, but she calls her the baby. And my mother does similar things with me. I'm the baby. And, you know, it really hit home that that's always your baby. And, you know, my son Luke is 15. He's as, almost as tall as I am. But I, in my mind, and even his picture on my phone is like when he's six. Um, and, you know, and you saw his mom like bending over. But then what really brought down the house and brought us all to tears was Pat Lynch described the scene in the hospital as Detective Mora was fading away. And it was clear that he wasn't going to survive. You know, he hung around for a couple of days and, and, Difficult decisions had to be made, and he spoke about he he 
did a great job describing the scene in the hospital bed and the holding his hand, et cetera, et cetera. And then he, he said this. So as you, I thought as you laid your head on your son's chest and you listened to that heartbeat and you prayed and you prayed and you prayed that this would pass you by and you get that miracle, I wondered, like, where does a, where does a person like this get the strength to put on that uniform, put that shield on their chest, to get behind the wheel of that radio car and answer that next call. And then I met you. Because when you raised your head and your family spoke, when you raised your head, you made a courageous decision. You made a decision to save others' lives. And at that point, the whole place stood up. And I believe the first person to stand up because I was all the way in the front and I looked behind me, it was Rudy Giuliani. Rudy Giuliani leapt to his feet and there was a, I think maybe of the whole morning, that was the longest standing ovation because Detective Mora's organs are in five different people. He saved five different lives. And that was a theme throughout the whole morning, understandably so. And, you know, that that's a very special thing. And, you know, his, at this point, his mom... Maura's mom is crying, and um, she's being held by, I think it's her, well, I know it, it's her oldest son, and the whole place was just very moved hearing about what happened in the hospital room, and that decision, and the strength, and you could hear in the audio, Nick Nick did a great job grabbing, grabbing the, the proper audio, you could hear the echo of his voice, you know, it's one thing with me playing it over the radio, but when you're there, and you're just a few feet away, and you hear that yeah, it was moving, folks. I, you know, I was at Justice Scalia's funeral, and his his son was the priest who gave an outstanding homily. Um, but this was this was right there, and it was it blew me away. And then he tied it all up, and and this is he he put the pressure on those five people to end his comments. But it's their babies. They will lay their head on their chest, and they will listen to the heartbeat. Because you saved their son, their daughter's life. They will hear the heartbeat of a hero in that heart. We hope those that get it stand up to what this man stood for. Use that heart. Use those organs. Do good in this world. Help us change the world like these two men wanted us to do. Yeah, I mean, that was great. I mean, it was just, it was, it was great. I, I have no problem telling you. I've, I've heard people speak. I, you know, I have my tongue insured with Lloyd's of London. I mean, that's how, that's how I pay my bills is by doing public speaking. And um, he, was, he was great. Pat Lynch deserves, a, without a note, without a note, he had, I don't know how many thousands of people. There, was over, there were over a thousand motorcycles when we went outside the church. And from everywhere, from Southampton, Long Island, Suffolk County Police, Nassau County Police, Westchester County Police, Every county in New Jersey, every county in, in Connecticut, Hartford, and 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 uh, Fairfield, and you know Newark, New Jersey, and one of the things that came to mind when we were standing outside is it is it was cold, it was cold, and I don't think I don't know for a fact, but I don't think those guys from Hartford, Connecticut, and Southampton, New York, put their motorcycles on a truck and drive to Manhattan. I think they drive those motorcycles to Manhattan. When it's 20 degrees out, you know what it's like to drive your motorcycle two hours? It's cold, folks. It's super cold. 
No one cared. No one cared. It was all about sending a message. It's the optics of sending the message that this will not be tolerated, that this aggression will not stand, that we're going to rise together as a community and make sure that we are always a town of law and order. As I said, no one's perfect, and if a police officer or a detective or many, any member of law enforcement breaks the law, they need to be punished like anyone else. But they are our first line of defense for our New York State Constitution, our United States Constitution, and this beautiful way of life, this unique way of life that we have, not only in the United States of America, not only in New York City, but, but, but in our own little homes. So God bless Detective Mora. God bless the NYPD. I'm Lou Dobbs. Coca-Cola deepening its ties with Red China. CNN president resigns over personnel violation. Wall Street closes higher again. Those stories next. Here's some great news. If you missed the deadline to sign up for health insurance or if, like a lot of people, you just have a plan you're not happy with, you still have a choice. It's called MediShare. It's a Christian healthcare sharing program. There are more than 400,000 members now, and they love it. In fact, MediShare has double the customer satisfaction rate compared to that of health insurance. And MediShare really is the gold standard when it comes to healthcare sharing. It's been around more than 25 years. Members have shared more than $4 billion of each other's medical bills. Plus, MediShare is for you. It has saved its members billions by advocating on their behalf. Best of all, the typical savings for a family is around $6,000 a year. So if you think you're stuck with a high-cost health plan that doesn't have much to offer, think again. MediShare has a 98% customer satisfaction rating, and you are invited to be part of it. Call now, 877-64-BIBLE. That's 877-64-BIBLE. 877-64-BIBLE. Coca-Cola, part of a $2 billion deal to become a major sponsor of the 2022 Winter Olympic Games, which started this week in Beijing, but you would never know it here in the United States. Although in our country, there are no special Coke cans or TV spots celebrating those games, Coke is promoting itself heavily as a, quote, Olympic global partner and honeycombing Beijing with red minibuses offering free samples. The president of CNN, Jeff Zucker, abruptly resigned today, citing his failure to disclose a so-called consensual relationship with a close colleague. Three of the network's executives will fill in until a new president can be named. On Wall Street, stocks edged higher throughout the afternoon, finally closing higher. The Dow Jones Industrials rallying 224 points on the day. Please join me three times each weekday for my updates right here on this station. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Driving ambition for 40 years in the United States, Mitsubishi Motors sees the automotive industry differently. Mitsubishi challenges convention with innovative approaches in the way Mitsubishi engineers and builds their vehicles. Just look at the all-new redesigned 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander, now in stock in all trim levels and all with the flexibility of third-row seating. Visit Mitsubishi Freehold today. FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732 News, opinion, passion. This is AM 970, The Answer. Cloudy skies, we sit at 42 degrees on this Wednesday evening. What's going on? We have the answer. Well, President Biden will be in New York City tomorrow to meet with Mayor Adams to talk gun violence. Let's get more from Scott Pringle. 
President Biden is expected to talk about his administration's strategies to combat gun crime when he meets with Mayor Adams. That includes money for cities and states for more officers, violence intervention programs, and efforts to stop illegal gun traffickers. Mayor Adams recently laid out a detailed plan to stop the surge in gun violence, but he's calling on the federal government for help. Crime is up to start off the year in New York City. There's been several high-profile shootings recently, including two NYPD officers killed and a baby hit with a stray bullet. Scott Pringle, NBC News Radio, New York. Former President Donald Trump is bashing New York's attorney general. He accused Letitia James of selective prosecution to boost her own political career. Sarah Lee Kessler explains. In a legal brief filed in Manhattan Supreme Court, Trump cites a 2018 campaign video in which James said she believed Trump had engaged in money laundering and can be indicted for criminal offenses. He says subpoenas into the Trump Organization's business practices should be quashed. The AG opened a civil probe in 2019 after Michael Cohen, Trump's former personal lawyer, claimed his boss boosted the value of corporate assets to get bank loans and then low all those assets to lower his taxes. Sarah Lee Kessler, NBC News Radio, New York. Thank you, Sarah Lee. Take a look at the traffic on this Wednesday evening. 30 to 40 minutes outbound the Holland Tunnel. 15 on the inbound side, but just from 1 and 9. Not bad from the turnpike approach. 20 to 30 out at the Lincoln Tunnel. Inbound about a five-minute wait. Cloudy skies tonight. Steady temperatures around 40 overnight. Cloudy tomorrow morning with rain developing. High of 46. Rain's going to change to freezing rain, especially north and west of the city. And could be some significant ice around here on Friday. And now you know what's going on. I am Mike Barker on AM 970, The Answer. We're back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker, attorney Arthur Idala. Well, thank you for all the positive feedback I just got uh, in real time from people who are listening all over, even down in Virginia and Washington, D.C., and it's the power of the Internet. Uh, and, you know, yesterday I got some comments about having Chris Boyle on talking about, you know, Rikers Island and what's, you know, what's going on inside Rikers Island. And um, the, you know, let's face it, folks, it's the ju- total juxtaposition, right? You're talking about the NYPD and I'm over here crying about a police officer, but then I'm talking about, you know, the treatment of the people who the police arrest. Um, just so you, you guys know, I'm not totally off base. The cover of today's Daily News and then page two and three have to do with Rikers Island and the conditions of Rikers Island. Um there's a huge article on a half page article in the New York Times, quote, record shows staff shortages, delayed care for thousands at Rikers. Um, so it's in I mean, there's nothing in the post about it, but what else is new? Um, it's a real issue in our city. And these are citizens of our city who need to be treated the way the law dictates they they need to be treated. Um, there is something in the national law, the, the United States law called fair, uh, cruel and unusual punishment. So, but to give the, so yesterday we had Chris Boyle on who represents a lot of the uh, incarcerated defendants. Tomorrow we're going to have on the head of the correction officers union. So we could hear it from their side of the story and what took place and what has taken place regarding the, the, the decimation regarding the coronavirus. But let's t- switch gears to what's been all over the news the last really 24 hours, maybe 27 hours. And this has to do with a lawsuit. So I'm in my lawyer realm, but it has to do with sports. It has to do with the NFL. It has to do with the New York Giants, um, which is my team. And it has to do with 
basically racism. I mean, that's it's a, it's a lawsuit about racism. And to get us inside what's really going on, I just a little while ago when I saw how powerful this story is, I called a guy who knows the New York Giants as well, if not better than anyone here in New York City. And I think he's a spectacular broadcaster, both on radio and on television. And he's an overall great guy. And we buy our suits at the same place. So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome Russ Salzberg. Hello, Russ. How are you, Arthur? How you doing, my friend? All is well. All is well. So, Russ, I'm just going to... I'm going to give a little preview of who you are because there may be like two people who don't know who you are. <laughs> You've been covering sports and the New York Giants for <clears throat> years. Um, let's say it's more than a decade. And um, I know you, you must have some very strong feelings about what's going on with the, uh, the Flores lawsuit where he's alleging he was not uh, interviewed or he was interviewed, but when he was interviewed to be the coach, they had already picked who their coach was going to be right, right. in violation of the Rooney rules. And so, Russ, take it away. Well, Arthur, uh, you're, you're an attorney, are you not? That's what and, they told and, me and, on uh, November the 16th of 1992. Yeah, you know, from what I understand, a fairly successful attorney. So I, I want to ask you a question, okay? And, and then I'm going to go back, okay? Uh, uh, last Friday, uh, when Brian Flores, see, the people, they've been calling this, this interview a sham, uh, Flores and, and his Wigdor law firm. The only people perpetrating the sham are, uh, Flores and the law firm, okay? Let me explain something to you. Last Friday, and then I'm going to work backwards, last Friday, when they decided on Brian Dable to be their head coach, because it was a two-man race uh, between him and Flores, they notified Flores, okay? Uh, approximately they notified Flores, because I have a timeline here. They notified Flores at roughly 6.20, okay? In the a half hour later, a half hour later, after he was told, a half hour later after he was told, Flores was told that it wasn't going to be him, the Giants were delivered or hit with a 60-page lawsuit. Gotcha. A half hour later. Now, you tell me as an attorney, a half hour later. How long does it take to prepare a 60-page lawsuit? A half hour later. Now, okay, so let me, let me play devil's advocate. Like it was planned all along? Are they, are they going to say that the, there's this Belichick um, text message which congratulates... Flores, that's, I mean, that's the, that's the heart. If you read the actual document, it start, the whole document starts off quoting that text. Oh, okay, yeah, so, so let, let, let me go to that text. Okay, so let me, since you bring it up, let me go to the text. You're right. They start with this uh, text from Belichick. First of all, nobody from the Giants spoke to Bill Belichick. Nobody from the Giants spoke to Bill Belichick. And I'm not knocking Bill. You know, maybe somebody said something to Bill. You know, people talk this and that. But I can tell you the Giants didn't speak to Belichick. So here's the text. Sorry, I effed it up. I double-checked and misread. I think they are naming Brian Dable. Now, you're an attorney. I think they are naming Brian Dable. No, this is let's, – let's play lawyer here. I'll play lawyer. I think they are naming Brian Dable. Does that mean emphatically – Brian Dable has got the job. No, it means I no. think. Oh, 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 okay, okay, no, no, let's listen now. I just said that. He follows or, or 
in the lawsuit, it follows, they're explaining that text. It says, Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick informing plaintiff Brian Flores three days before his interview with the New York Giants that Brian Dable had, uh, Brian Dable had already been selected for the job. Well, no, it didn't say he was already selected. He said they think they are naming him. But here's the, this is very important. You tell me. He says three days before his interview. That was on Monday, okay? That was on Monday, which would have been the 24th, okay? Brian Dable was interviewed in person for the job on Tuesday, wow. the 25th. So, so he, okay. So you tell me, you think the Giants, the Giants did a Zoom the week before between, uh, it was John Mara and Dable, a Zoom, okay? But the in-person interview, because they did a Zoom with everybody, the in-person interview happened on the Tuesday. And the Belichick text, this is coming from the lawyers, the Belichick says three days before. Well, that was on Monday. So you're going to tell me that Belichick and the Giants knew that it was Dable before they even interviewed him in person? Come on! Who's doing the sham here? Well, who is doing the so that, that I mean, that's the bottom line, folks, because there's a lot of times there was a lot of dates thrown around there. But the bottom line is, it seems like the in-person interview, which when you're going to pick the coach of a huge team like the New York Giants, I know I wouldn't pick a coach over Zoom. So the assumption that we're making here is that the New York Giants did not make a, a final decision over Zoom and they waited for him to get there. And which was Tuesday. And the text that went out saying, you know, I heard they already picked him was out on Monday. And yes, that's going to be a big problem. I want to switch gears for you for a second about the same topic. He's also saying in this lawsuit that Steve Ross, who is a billionaire, he's the president of related companies, which build, I mean, for the Time Warner Center here in New York and the Highliner and and all kinds of huge, huge, huge. I mean, he's number one. that he was offering him $100,000 to throw games right. in the uh, 2020 season so they would have the number one draft pick to draft right. the quarterback who is uh, taking now the Bengals to the Super Bowl, whose name, Russ, is? Who's the quarterback Ross. for the Bengals? Right. Um, yeah, I'm just looking at the TV. There's all pictures of Steve Ross everywhere right now. How credible do you think that is? You think an owner of a team is paying hundreds of thousands of dollars to uh, his okay. coach to throw First games all, for, for, for draft picks? Here's my take on this whole thing. First of all, if it's true, it's terrible. I, I personally don't believe it because uh, I, I just I, I find it, it shocking that it could be. I can't say no. Uh, I know emphatically that it didn't happen. And quite frankly, the only thing that interests me in this whole lawsuit is – the the integrity and the name of the Giants. The Giants just went through a rough season. They just uh, everybody was happy. They hired a new GM. They hire a new coach. Everybody's happy, and they get hit with this. Which I will say it for the umpteenth time. It's a sham. Now, uh, here's here's a question that I would have for you. What is the purpose of putting this in the same lawsuit? as something about racism. One has nothing to do with the other. If you want to ask me, it sounds to me that Brian Flores had an axe to grind 
with with the owner. Maybe it's true. Maybe it's not. What do you think? I know you've been watching TV. Have you seen uh, Doug Wigdor on television? Oh, he's on television like flies are on you know what. What, 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 are, what are your thoughts about him? I, I think he's a scorched earth guy, him and his attorneys. Then I heard his attorneys on the radio this afternoon on, on the fan. And, you know, they're also talking, by the way, the attorneys uh, this afternoon are talking about, uh, I'm, I'm hearing and I'm paraphrasing, kind of giving lectures what black men have to go through and, and all that. And don't get me wrong, <laughs> I, I'm from Brooklyn. I know, I know racism I know. exists. I know. You know racism exists. They're talking about what they know what black men go through. And you know what was interesting? You know what was interesting? Go ahead. I got 10 seconds. Tell me what's interesting. Okay. I looked up the Wigda Law Firm. And you know what? I looked up all the partners, all the associates, and all the paralegals. And you know what? I didn't see one black face there. Thank you, Russ Salzberg. We love you, Russ. Thank you, you, pal. Be well. I'm Liz Clayman, and this is the Fox Business Report. Stocks rising for a fourth straight session with large-cap tech leading the charge following Google and shipmaker AMD's strong quarterly results. The Dow rising 224 points, the Nasdaq up 72, S&P 500 up 43. And shares of Facebook parent Meta platforms are plunging after hours after posting rising revenues but a modest decline in profit as it increased spending to execute its pivot to the metaverse. The company said it expects revenue growth to slow and the coming quarter, partly because users were spending less time on its more lucrative services. And amid controversy, music streaming service Spotify said it expects fewer subscriber additions in the first quarter than Wall Street had anticipated. For the full year, Spotify recorded revenue topping $10 billion for the first time, but the company still remains unprofitable but came closer to break-even in 2021. That's your Fox Business Report. I'm Hillary Barsky, invested in you. After 9-11, Saul Martinez couldn't wait to enlist. In Iraq, his vehicle was hit by a projectile improvised explosive device. Saul survived, but he lost both legs, suffered a traumatic brain injury, and lost two close friends. Saul now lives in a smart home from the Tunnel to Towers Foundation, which gave him back his independence despite his severe physical challenges. Help heroes like Saul. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored in part by the good people at Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey. America's been thunderstruck by the all-new 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander. Get high style without the high price, plus an industry-leading 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Drive one today at Freehold Mitsubishi for the best selection and outstanding customer service. Just a short ride from anywhere in the metro tri-state area. Visit FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732-863-2788. Buying a home requires a lending partner who can help you navigate through the mortgage process. A Citizens Bank loan officer can help answer all your questions and help you select the products you need in a clear and personal way. So the next time you have a question about home financing, call 212 857 612-857-6668 and ask a citizen. Mortgages are offered and originated by Citizens Bank NA NMLS number 433960 Equal Housing Lender.
Matt, you did good because I asked you for the music to be a little mellow in the beginning of the show, but I said you got to pick me up at the end, so thank you. Oh, you're welcome. I try to roll with the flow. No, no, no. You're definitely rolling. And I do get a lot of compliments, uh, especially people around my age, 40s and 50s of uh, of our music selection. So thank you. And, you know, the, the first line of that song is, you know, about the things. I hope you can forget the things I said when I was drunk. Not that I was drunk, but last Friday night, um, last Friday, I hung out with the guys from Mitsubishi, right? The Platinum Mitsubishi. Uh, Esposito and uh, Gerard, 732-863-2788. The guys at Platinum Mitsubishi will take great care of you. Platinum-Mitsubishi.com. Check them out, and that's where you should get your next car. So I have lunch with them. Then I come and do the show with you. Then I go home and see my family for a little while. Then I go uh, to the office and meet with a new client. Then I I get it because my buddy heard that I was going to be in the office says, um, I you know, want to want to go for a drink afterwards. So we went out and we had a couple of drinks. Um, and then I get home around one in the morning. And now I haven't had a bite to eat since about two. And I'm a little hungry. And I, as I said, maybe I had a beer or two or four. And I was a little hungry. <laughs> and so I did the whole let's turn on the toaster oven and throw some pizza in. You ever done that? Yeah, I, I, I have. I've Something seen... tells me it didn't come out the way it was supposed to. Well, a little crispy there. No, no. Apparently, I did the eating and then I went up to bed. I was smart enough to go in a different place to sleep, and apparently there was a little bit of a mess left behind. Mm. I think I got some anchovies involved uh, with the pizza, and I heard that there was some crushed red pepper all over the place. And allegedly there was some rice pudding that I decided needed some cinnamon. And the cinnamon went in some more places than just in the rice pudding. Nick, you ever, like, mess up the kitchen? Uh, of course. That's why I always have to clean it up. But, but it's normally after my kids or my wife. But, yeah. Well, I, I'm, I'm pretty good at keeping the kitchen clean. I will tell you, during the, the whole COVID thing, when I was living alone because Marianne was away, uh, one of my friend's wives came in and saw how the house was after I lived there for a month. She was like, oh, my God, this place is immaculate. She's like, your friend's place would never look like this if I left them. So I'm usually pretty good. But apparently last Friday night, uh, I wasn't good. So, Marianne, I apologize that the, the kitchen was a mess. I know you got a lot going on with our children. Um, but Michael Avenatti is a lot worse than me, honey. So <laughs> when it comes to uh, attorneys. So he summed up today. And here's the problem when you represent yourself. He started off by saying... Uh, you know, my father was a hot dog salesman. Objections. I don't know. I don't even think the prosecutor objected. The judge on his own sustained and said, Mr. Avenatti, speak to the facts of this case only. And then at another point, he said, you know, folks, I'm Italian. And as Italians, objection sustained. Like you can't. That's not in the record. Now, if I was representing or any lawyer was representing him, you can say those things. A judge gives you leeway. It's argument. It's not evidence. But what I spoke about yesterday was Avenatti was going to or, or was going to try to testify in his summation or maybe attempt to or, or think about testifying in his summation. But boy, the judge right his first words were about my, my, my dad started off as a hot dog salesman. And but before the prosecutor objected, according to the transcript, the judge said objection sustained. Please stick to the facts of this case, Mr. Avenatti. So, you know, you get handcuffed in a, in, a, in a way that you normally wouldn't. Now, 
that's true for Michael Avenatti. Just to give you guys a little inside baseball, because he's a lawyer, even though he's a disbarred lawyer, like the judge is saying, you should know better. Now, if it was a, a, a lay person, someone who never practiced law, usually then the judge gives that, that defendant a lot more leeway. Um, but here, because it's Michael Avenatti, and uh, because he's a, he was a trained lawyer, the judge really, really kept him tight. And, you know, he used an analogy of um, if you got your a plate of food served to you in a restaurant and there was a cockroach on it or in a piece of it, would you just take the little cockroach off the, the, the plate um, and just eat it or would you send the whole plate back? And that was the analogy he was trying to make regarding Stormy Daniels. She's got this crazy... TV show where she's talking to dead people and she lied about X and she lied about Y and she lied about Z and you shouldn't talk, you shouldn't believe anything she says because she's a liar. My analogy, which is a little more unique, except I lifted it from my dad, is if it if, if my if grandma was making Sunday gravy and she's got the tomatoes and she uses the best San Marzano tomatoes and she puts the sausage in there and she already fried the meatballs and the meatballs are in there and then maybe she's going to make a crazy sauce and a gravy, a Sunday gravy and put the brajol in there and it's cooking for three hours, four hours and the whole house is filled with the aroma and you know that rigatoni with that gravy on is going to be unbelievable and you can't wait to eat it and at the last minute a glass drops and breaks and a hunk of glass falls into that pot, that 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 gravy. Is your grandmother going to ser- serve that? Serve that? Is she going to risk her family swallowing glass? But maybe if she pulls out the one piece of glass, there could be a tiny little shard that if you swallow it, slits open your intestine. You, you have an ulcer. You have internal bleeding. That's that. That's how important this case is to this defendant. If you think they're lying about one thing, if you think there's one shard of glass in there, throw out the whole pot of gravy and just call it a day. That's my way of doing it. Avenatti said there's a cockroach on a plate of eggs, et cetera, et cetera. What the prosecutor retorted with was um, he said that Mr. Avenatti got caught up in a trail of lies. They traveled and appeared on television together. He was supposed to be her advocate, but the defendant betrayed her trust. He stole from her and he lied to her over and over and over again. And now vouching, which you're not really supposed to do, but you're allowed to explain for a witness when you're a prosecutor. Does she have some unusual experiences? Yes. Some unusual beliefs? Sure. But here's the key part. But everything she told you is backed up by the documents and the text messages. And I would back and I would add and the motive that he had for that money. He needed that money. The judge then charged the jury, and they are out. Uh, they deliberated for about two hours. They'll be back tomorrow, um, and we'll be covering the verdict. I mean, he's got so many more legal problems. He's got another case going on in California, et cetera, et cetera. But it's just another fall from grace, a guy who got way ahead of his skis. I wish he didn't say in open court he was Italian. Maybe someone would think he's not really Italian. <laughs> but um, in other breaking legal news and media news, CNN, the head of CNN, Jeffrey Zucker, steps down quickly, swiftly, uh, out of nowhere. Now, this is the story they're telling. They're investigating the whole Andrew Cuomo, Chris Cuomo uh, situation. When when Chris Cuomo was helping his brother, they bring in a top, top, top law firm, Cravath, Swain and Moore. They are really the creme de la creme of, of law firms in the country, if not in the world. So they bring them in to do an investigation. 
And during the investigation, it comes forth that Jeff Zucker was having an affair with a woman who was another executive. That wasn't an affair, a relationship. They were both divorced. Two consensual adults having a, a, a relationship. Under his contract, he was supposed to uh, he was supposed to disclose that to I'm not exactly sure who the board of directors, but clear HR. He was supposed to say, by the way, the executive vice president for X Y Z is also now my girlfriend. We started this relationship during the coronavirus period. He didn't uh, disclose that, and now he was forced to resign immediately. He volunteered to stay on for a smooth transition. They said no. And he's not just in charge of CNN. He's in charge of um, Warner Media, I believe the name of it. It's, it's, it's huge. He is basically the most, right now, in my opinion, the most powerful guy out there. It's him and Rupert Murdoch, uh, you know, and the head of NBC and Disney. I mean, there's like 10 of them. And he just walked out the door. You know what I think? There's got to be more to it than that. And I think it's choreographed. I think it's scripted. I think that he comes out kind of looking sympathetic, like he didn't do anything wrong. It's not a me too thing. Um, You know, Megyn Kelly tweeted out there or said somewhere, well, what about the women who didn't get the uh, the job as the executive producer? Uh, Were there other women who were stepped over? But I think Megyn was probably in the long run is going to agree that there's got to be more to it than that. You don't leave that position of power and prestige and it was a job he loved and apparently was very good at, although their ratings were horrible. But I know Allison Camerata, one of their anchors, really stood up for him today. I'm sure the Cuomos, especially Chris, is doing a little uh, uh, laughing like, ha told you so. And I'm sure he hopes that it comes out that uh, Jeff Zucker knew everything Chris Cuomo was doing in defense of his brother. So what do they say? Don't throw rocks at glass houses because, you know, you never know what's going to happen. Wednesday's over. Enjoy dinner. I'll see you tomorrow. The preceding program sponsored by Freehold Mitsubishi. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 